October uh, 2015. It's at Shepherd's Bush in the back of uh, Copstick's shop, Mamma Beer Shara. Uh, it's the Grouchy Club podcast. I'm John Fleming. And, and she... uh, I'm Kate Copstick, or at least what's left of her. Oh, God, you're always Kate Copstick. It's very dull after a while. I know. Uh, there may be sounds in the background. This is uh, various people roaming through the shop. Cause yeah, we... there's, yeah, there's a bit of a... We're having a bit of a problem with some of our, um, our Moroccan friends. It's all gone horribly wrong, and there's a lot of uh, squabbling in Arabic. I've been squabbling for years. All part of life's rich tapestry. I have just had a terrible shock. I've just discovered Greece is actually quite far away. Yeah, and it's quite slippery. <laughs> um, What's that on the mountains? Is it snow? No, it's Greece. No. Oh, good God. And people wonder why I'm not a comedian. <laughs> is that an eclair or a meringue? No, you're right, it's an eclair. It only works in Scotland. Right. No, it does. That was a li- There's people all over the ether, the cyber, what was it, falling about at that classic joke. Ah, OK, and the classic it is. Tell you what does really work only in the west of Scotland is... Whiskey. No, that works everywhere, I think you'll find. Uh, is the... Um, when, you are, when one is departing, you say, right, I'm a wall. The reply to which is, mind me, Doug's peeing you then. <laughs> you did Tell me you understood that. Say it again. My, when, when my, you, my, my new dog's what, peeing on you. What? Now you're just trying to be silly and I'm going to have to smack you. And it's all going to turn very unpleasant. Oh, lovely. Mm-hmm. Oh. No, anyway, moving on. Did you know... No, 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 they want to know what, what that was about. Right, you, when you're leaving, you say, I'm a wall. I'm... I'm a way. Correct, yes. as in, I'm going. The reply to which is, my knee dog's pee on you then. Be careful that no dogs piss on you then. Ah, you ah. see, because I'm a wall can uh, mean I'm away uh, or I'm a wall. Uh, the reply to which, my knee dogs pee on you then. Be careful that no dogs piss on you then. You didn't enunciate the D clearly enough. That's probably what it was. Oh, I give up. I give up. Thank goodness that research has shown that uh, sarcasm is actually good for you. I know. Who, who, who would have thought that you could get £8 million or whatever to, to discover that? Are you being sarcastic there? Probably. Yeah, you're yeah. looking healthier by the second. <laughs> yes. Well, sarcasm doesn't really work on Americans, sadly, uh, because it's the same thing as... Ar- sarcasm is the same as irony, really, isn't it? Irony well, it works on New York. It doesn't work on all Americans, but nothing works on all anybody. No, no, I mean, I- I- it's, 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 New I- York virtually invented yes. irony. Yeah, yeah, I mean, irony does work on the East Coast because they're all Jewish, aren't they? So exactly. They invented irony, Are you allowed like to say, say that? Uh, yeah, I think so. Probably not. There's well, going to be, there'll be a backlash it's, now. It's un- unwise to say it in Syria at the moment. You know, but, you know, they're all Jewish. Isn't isn't a good phrase to bring up? But you know, there aren't any Jewish. Are there Jewish people in Syria? I don't know. Probably not. Well, they might be. That's a complete non sequitur. Back to uh, what do oh. you call it? Sarcasm. Oh, you and your Latin. It's not Scottish. It's Latin. Non sequitur. Oh, no. did, did you do Latin at school? I, I did Latin at school. I, I loved Latin. I loved Latin. I, I, I'm useless at languages, but I loved Latin because the stories were better. Because in French, when you learnt French, it was all "I am going into the greengrocers." Yes. When you did Latin, yeah. it was the Germans came down out of the hills. We chopped their legs off. Yes. Roger et Françoise vont à la mer. Où vont Roger et Françoise? Roger et Françoise vont the only bright thing in French, five years of French, was we had, we had, because we were very advanced, we had a little film loop of this man who clanked around in armour and said French phrases. And every now and then he would say, J'ai mon on s'entends, which I believe means I died in 1111. A useful thing to, to find J'ai, out. I don't, think you, I don't think you're certainly not allowed to say mong. Mong? You said j'ai mong. Uh, more. 
I hadn't realised because I always thought it was really difficult. I'm glad because you definitely can't say mong. I thought it was very difficult to actually speak French until I realised that English people have been teaching me how to, to speak it. Dreadful. English people can't teach anyone how to speak any language. And so, so the, the, the English can't do the R. No, they can't. And that's because they can't do Loch, as in Loch Ness. Yeah, no, it's because they're bad people. No. And if you actually do a... Uh, Je ne regrette rien. Je ne regrette rien. If you actually do a Scottish... R. It's a R. Yeah. If you, if you do a Scottish H with an R, you get uh, it. You no, it's a R. You just need to be able to roll your R. Je ne regrette rien. It's not It's not It's rien. 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 That's better. Yeah, you see. I was just teasing, wasn't I? Yes. No, you weren't. But language I've is, taught you how to speak French. But language is a bizarre... And so quickly. When I was at HTV Cardiff... Uh, and, and, uh, oh, you've been... That's unbelievable. I've suffered. He's I've boasting suffered. now, lady and gentlemen. Uh, we had an English voice... We had two English voiceovers that came, came and did the voiceovers for the trailers. And then on one occasion, there was a, a Welsh place name came up. And so this poor English voiceover had to be taught how to say this Welsh place name. Mm. And so she had two Welsh people trying to tell her how to pronounce this place name. And they were... I could, I could hear that they were totally pronouncing it differently because one was from the north of Wales, one was from mm. the south. Totally different, but they couldn't hear they were pronouncing it differently because they, they knew what they were saying and they were making allowances for each other's accent. Mm. There's, a, there's a genetic thing about the English, though, isn't it? Whether it's well, they're stupid. North or south about other languages. They don't hear them. They I, don't understand them. I hate, I hate to be racist, but the English should be sent back to Germany, where they came from, Absolutely. coming over here, taking our jobs, raping our women. Absolutely. Spoiling our villages. Britain for the Picts. I think, I think Britain would be much better, well, England would be much better without the English. Yes. You get, you get the Scots running the pubs, you get the Irish running the parties, you get the, the Indians running the corner shops. That's not racist at all. No. That's, that's good planning. Excellent. Can we just break off to wish Bob Mortimer a very, very speedy recovery on his quintuple, but I didn't... Triple, the, triple, triple high heart bypass. But, so that means that he's got three hearts? No, my father had a double, I think, or a triple. Who, I didn't even know he was ill. Well, my father, yes, he died. No, Bob Mortimer. Uh, uh, well, Lovely as I'm sure your father was. I've never, I never met your father. I have indeed met Bob Mortimer. Well, Lovely he, man. Well, I'm sure he is. No, well, he wasn't ill. He just suddenly kapowed because it was a heart thing, wasn't it? I, I believe. Or he just like dropped like a I, I don't, stone. I don't, know, I don't know is the answer, but uh, if, we, if we Googled it, uh, we would find out. Uh, it was sudden because they had to cancel it to uh, almost yeah. the latest, didn't they? And, and, and I read on Facebook today, um, Ticketmaster person people are charging. They are. Bastards! These ticket well, people—if they're not—if they're not charging people twenty-five quid extra for booking through them, then they're charging poor Reeves and poor poor Mortimer for for shows that they're not even doing now. I have a tiny bit of sympathy for them because what they're what they're saying apparently is yes, you get your money back and yes, you get the booking fee back, but not if you've sent out the tickets because most of the cost of the booking fee is actually the postage, and so we've actually posted things out and therefore well, poor little soul. It's not their fault either. It's nobody's fault. No, they're bastards, basically. Anybody, now, I've, I've now revised my world view, and anybody big is a bastard. Bad news for Bernard Breslau. Took me a bit Isn't time. he dead? Yes. Well, there you are. Bad no, news No, 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 bad, you know... I couldn't think of anyone else. That was, that's why there was a pause. Well, you could have said Brian Blessed. I could have done, yes. But you I didn't. You said Bernard it. Breslau. Yes. Uh, and, and it ruined the whole thing. It ruined the humorous well, the, tack on which we were sailing by mentioning a dead person well, the, the, who can be neither good nor bad because he's dead. The, the pause had already ruined it. You can be good or bad if you're dead. I mean, Hitler, not a good man, I don't think, when he's dead. 
Well, you see, you see, you see what you see what I'm yeah, getting yeah. at now. I think you've just proved oh. my point. So I was, I was going to have, have a subject for this. Oh, what was the subject? Writing. Well, we tried this. Writing. Last, no, interviewing. We tried this. Interviewing. Last, we tried this last week. It failed miserably. We never go anywhere. Ah, oh, but you see, the question is. You see, you're interviewing that. You're just natural. You're a natural. But that's the thing. You see, are you interviewing me or am I interviewing you? Precisely. Or is it a two-way street? This is fascinating. A two-way street. Well, street. Ah. That's true. You wait, you wait it is quite interesting. interesting. I mean... Well, no, interview is interesting because... Uh, well, go, go on, you tell me. Oh, on. I think, having been on both ends yeah. of the interview, yeah. Yeah. Uh, you just... You need to be interested in the person that you're interviewing. That's basically it. And you ask what you're interested in. I've never... When I used to, <coughs> when I used to be someone... <laughs> who, who did you used to be? Uh, I used to be Kate Copstick. Oh. Uh, but I... For, who are you now? I am Kate Copstick, but it's, it's, it's a subtle difference, John, but one that I myself... One that it depresses me day on day, increasingly. Um, uh, I used to write for FHM. I did a... Which a, is a, a men's magazine, men's, for, men's uh, magazine. for foreigners. Yes. And um, uh, I wrote a, a monthly feature called Stuff Your Face with Copstick where I would take famous men out for lunch or dinner, usually lunch. Who, who suggested this idea? Me. Surprise, surprise. Uh, and we would eat and, generally speaking, have too much to drink, and then I would write what I remembered of the lunch. Uh, I, I had one of Richard O'Brien. Uh, I'll tell you how long ago it was. Uh, Tony Slattery was... I had huge fun with Tony Slattery. Uh, Jerry Sadowitz. And um, Johnny Depp. I interviewed Johnny Depp. What, what year are we talking about? What, 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 what sort of film era are we talking about? Uh, we're talking uh, 21 Jump Street. Oh. He okay. was what a lad, and he was lovely, but big, still, and famous, and, and he was just making that leap into the very big yeah, time. Yeah. In fact, it was just after 21... It was after 20... I know, Crybaby, with John Waters. That's what he was doing, Crybaby. Well, and he big, was brilliant. Not that big, then. <laughs> John Waters. <laughs> Carry on. Yeah. What? He's cult. He's a cult. Carry on. Wash your mouth out. Well, that's a, probably a line from a John Waters film, I would have thought. How dare you? Anyway. Belittle the genius that is John Waters. I didn't. I'd just say he was, you did, you did. He was a cult, I said. I mean, it, it was the way your face went when you said it. Yeah, this, is, this is why we never actually get We're talking Johnny Depp here. Anyway. You were and in, John Waters. You're interviewing Johnny Depp. Hairspray. He, he was the man you chose. Divine! I'm sure he is. Anyway, I was interviewing him. And um, he and there was a, a few other of the, the bigger, more famous people. Their agents, or, and certainly their PRs, was, could you, uh, could you send us a list of the questions you'd like to ask? I, well, no. I've absolutely no idea what I want to talk to him about until I find out what he would quite like to talk about. And we'll see, we'll take it from there. Um, you know, there's all kinds of interest. There's something interesting about almost everybody, even a dull film star type person, if you just let them talk about it. But if you go, if you start interviewing them with a kind of a, we'll do this and this, and tell us about their, so how did you get into, you... So it's, people assume if you interview someone, there's a list of questions. Yeah, it's, it's boring for you, and if it's boring for you, it's deeply boring for them, because you're probably, if they're somebody famous, about the eighth person that's interviewed them that day. I mean, I, uh, 
I interviewed, who did I interview the last time when we had a hoot? John Tarode, because he'd brought out a new book, a new cookbook. And we had a hoot, but most, a lot of it was unprintable. But what that means is that the bits that are printable are so much more fun because the person's relaxed, they're having a good time. You're genuinely talking to them and not just getting the PR person's kind of answering machine, which just tells you, yes, well, I blah, 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 and this, and it was so much fun working on the movie. You don't want to hear that. That's I, I, what they're telling everybody. But I think if you don't know the person, if you've never met them before, it takes 20 minutes for them to relax anyway, doesn't it? It, it depends how you are. Yeah. I tend to go in a bit, you know... You I go in like a wrecking ball. Um, Grace, thank you. Is that Grace Slick or something? No, else? that was Miley Cyrus. All oh, right, OK. Um, I, if you, I think if you kind of... Belt, if you go in with something unexpected... And uh, I also believe that um, if you're expecting them to kind of open up, it's a great idea to get you go, oh, I've just spent, I don't know, to, to tell them something about you. You know, it's a... But if you're going, if you're going with a big, the, the, the big difficult question, doesn't that make... No, 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 not a big difficult question. Something crazy. Such like... Um, uh, just something completely off-subject, off-everything. So, so they don't feel defensive. That's so the they don't thing, feel... Yeah. And so that you, it, you're not straight in like an exam. You've got a bit of a giggle mm-hmm. or something to break the ice. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, and you can use <coughs> almost anything to break the ice. Um, I can't remember who... I was interviewing. It was somebody. It was a, a big, famous comic. Anyway, and uh, he was very kind of yeah, okay. Mm. And I, I uh, kind of went in. Going, oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god! I've just, I've just bumped into Russell Brand, and kind of. We, so we spent five minutes talking about Russell Brand and how thin he looked, and oh my god, and uh, and then it was like, oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. We need to be talking about you, and it was a bit of a giggle. And how long do you normally take? Half an hour? What, to get into the main no, thing? No, 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 the whole, whole caboodle. Oh, Christ, no. Well, oh, that's the other thing. I mean, when, when I did the... Um, you did one uh, recently for Radio Times, didn't you? Radio... Yeah, Patrick Kilty. Yeah. That, uh, I... That was, he was late, so that was the icebreaker. Tut, tut, tut. Yeah. Uh, it was understandable, but it meant that I was like, what sort of time do you call this? <laughs> <laughs> and so there was a bit of a bit of a giggle, a bit of a laugh, and he had to do because he was then late. He had to do a bit of a photo shoot, and I was standing at the window watching the photo shoot. So I went, I was like, okay, scale of one to ten, how much of a twat do you feel doing your? And now I'm doing my quizzical look, and you do realise that they had you in front of a screamingly gay pink background, and so. There was a lot of daftness, and then we go in, and and you just keep the questions as relaxed as possible. I think. I mean, it's not a fucking job interview. But isn't there a trouble if they're really famous? I've never really interviewed really, 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 really famous people. But I mean, the, the, the trouble really with famous people is that they, they just go through the routines and they tell Absolutely. you all, all the answers they've told you before. So you have to sort of get them off the subject somehow. Yeah, and it's um, I'm trying to think. I don't know. Uh, with Johnny Depp. 
who was, you know, and, and that's American. His, his PR attempted to come and sit at the table with us. We yeah. were having lunch. Yeah. And I just said, look, I'm terribly sorry. Uh, and I realised that I should be thrilled at anything involving Johnny Depp, but I'm not into threesomes. And, uh, and so, you're, so you're prepared to lie? Yeah, absolutely. Whatever it takes. Uh, and the, the, the PR guy had to move, but he was like... And we, we just had a blast. We ended up talking about uh, an early um, girlfriend that he had who had to have an abortion. And the, what? The PR guy was going mental. I'm not surprised. And I said, but, look, you know... But did he say before he talked about this, this is not for repeating? No, what I said... As soon as the PR guy went, <coughs> is I said I'm I, I'm not really a very professional journalist, but I am interested and I'm a good writer, and we can do the interview two ways. One, we spend five minutes uh, having a drink and a chat about anything, and you decide whether or not you think I'm a cunt. So if you think I'm a cunt, then we'll do it the normal way. And I'll do a list of questions. How much fun was it and how is it working with John? And if you think I'm not a cunt, then we'll have a fantastic lunch and talk about all kinds of things. Uh, It will be fantastic. Then I will write the interview and I will send it to you. And if there's anything that you really don't like, that you're totally uncomfortable with, you have to trust me uh, that I'll take it out, which I will, because it's just a fucking magazine article and it's not worth screwing up your life for. So... We had about, he went, I don't think you were cut. So we had this, uh, this, it was fantastic. It was great. And we ended up, we went up to his room afterwards and had coffee and it was great. I mean, the PR guy was going mental. He wasn't even allowed up to the room. And I said, look, uh, I'll send a piece to you. This is, and I sent it to him and went, oh, it's great. And even the PR guy went, yeah, this is great. I said, well, you know. It's, it's, it's the, you don't, you know, if you talk to somebody like they're a puppet, they'll answer like they're a puppet. But there is a, a, there is a degree of trust involved, and I know because, you know, I've been stitched up. Well, not stitched up, but I have said things because I felt that a journalist was nice and then ended up yeah. Yeah. with horrific headlines, and none of which were untrue. They were just kind of put in news of the world ease. I don't think headlines matter, do they? The headline you just assume is going to be over the top, but the, it's the content. Yeah. Are you prepared to send the interview to, other, to the interviewee? Always. Always. Always? Always. Oh, I, I never ever let anyone see anything. I just won't do it. Oh, no, I always do. I think, why not? Because they're going, to, they're going to change and make it boring. I mean, not, not by taking Nobody's that. ever asked for any change. Only one. Yeah. Uh, Richard O'Brien, mm. after we'd had... A wild, wild uh, lunch and afternoon and early evening. The mind boggles. And I wrote, I sent it to him and um, he, he phoned me up and he just said, look, I'd rather you'd, I mean, it's, it's different now. This was many years ago. He said, I'd rather you didn't put in the bit about my bisexuality because I think it might upset my wife. So I said, fine, I took it out. But he, he's, that's okay now, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You never let anybody... No, I, I think it's, it's, it's a, a, a slippery slope and very short. Uh, but, but because you think they wouldn't like it? You, you, you don't write terrible things about people? No, that's the whole point, I don't. Therefore, I, I know. And it's only happened twice. After, after an interview's finished, at the end of doing the interview, yeah. 
then, then two people have said, can I see it? And I've said no. Well, no, I haven't said that. I've just burbled and then just not done the interview. I've just not printed it. Is this for your increasingly prestigious blog? For my increasingly prestigious blog, yes. I mean, I've, I've only ever had... I've been interviewing... I used to interview people for magazines and everything in, in the 70s. Yeah. Uh, and I've never had anyone, apart from these two people, uh, ask to see it. Who were they? Who were they? Name names. Well, well one of them, bizarrely, was, was, was a BBC person, which shocked me totally. Uh, because he, he, he was involved in BBC News and he asked to see the interview. Ah, because he knows how badly you well, can get no, stitched up. No, but he's the last person who should do that because the BBC would never, would never let someone see an interview before it's, it's done. Anyway, uh-huh. anyway no, just on principle, I wouldn't do it. Uh, That's fascinating. You know, I'm more than happy. No, uh, because they're, they're going to... I've had people suggest... People suggest just rephrasing things. Oh, no, I'm, no, 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 I'm not talking... Way. No, 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 I'm not talking about... I'm, I would never let anyone rewrite. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm talking yeah. about yeah. I mean, I think because I... I get a lot of trust yeah, 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 from yeah, people. Yeah, yeah. I don't want it's only mm, a newspaper. Like, like for yeah. example, uh, I interviewed when she when Rowan Pelling yeah. became. Oh, it started with the uh, erotic review. It was a big <laughs> hoo-ha about yeah, this because yeah, she was yeah. posh trotty, mm. kind of Oxbridge blue stocking. Uh, supposedly, she wasn't at the time, but supposedly editing the Erotic Review. <laughs> and so there was a, a massive, it was a it was brilliant kind of coup de PR. Um, and I inter- came down, interviewed her, had a fantastic time with her, very <coughs> great chat. And she was, she was, she talked a lot about her husband, a lot about her husband. She was um, very, she was, she, was, she was very kind of, um, straight woman for someone who was editing a magazine like that, which I think was one of the things that interested people. Her husband at the time was also uh, quite... uh, not famous to punters, but he was uh, a a very well-known editor (coughs) of a very high-end magazine. And his parents were very staunch, kind of Protestant Scottish people who were extremely embarrassed by their daughter-in-law's new job um, so when I sent in the piece I, I didn't put his name or anything mm-hmm. and the editor came back and said I want to know his name and I said well it's not it's not Germaine it's not um, Greer uh, it's a, a, Jackson. Nobody, nobody's going to care no punter no reader is going to know who he is and therefore it's not going to improve the article at all all it will do is upset him and his parents, especially his parents, who are older, very, you know, proper Scottish people. I said, I'm not going to tell you his name. And and he said, uh, well, if you don't uh, tell me his name, uh, I won't print. Yeah, I said, I don't care. I said, you know, if you know that you can find out yourself, but I think it is a bad thing to do. I think it is an unnecessary bad thing to do, and I don't want any part of it. So, uh, and then I phoned up Rowan and I said, look, uh, editor wants to know the name. I said, why don't phone him up and please tell him, explain to him, because I, I tried explaining on your behalf how upsetting it would be for you and his parents and all that. Uh, so she tried to appeal to his better nature, but being a newspaper, he didn't have a better nature. Um, <laughs> but uh, I, I, I just think... Uh, I'm all for naming and shaming. If naming and shaming is, is necessary, I, I, I would be very happy to, to do, you know, anything that it would take 
to pin Tony Blair's bollocks over the mantelpiece. Um, I don't even think... I'm not even that bothered about all the phone hacking and everything. I think you live by the media, you fucking die by the media, and if you've spent your whole worthless life trying to get into the public eye, don't cry if somebody wants a bit more of you than you're prepared to give. But I... I I think with the, when it's a, you know, an, an, an interview, kind of journalistic, it's a feature piece interview, then you have to have a pact of, of faith that you have to have a, with the person that you're interviewing. Uh, I could never, I could never, ever be nice to someone in an interview and then write something, no. write horrible things about them. I would have to go in and go, I think you're a piece of shit. You know, I'd, I'm all for a fight, but I, I, I could not kind of gain somebody's confidence and then stab them in the back. That's I, I don't. You must be a horrible, horrible, horrible person to do that. And I think some journalists are. Yeah. Um, I mean, uh, I have quite a lot. Very much. I actually do try and self-censor during the interview. I actually say to people, "Are you sure you want to quote this?" Uh, and, yes. And, uh, oh, I know you've said that to me. Yeah, uh, and uh, well, I remember one where uh, someone was saying something, and, and three times I said, "Are you absolutely sure you want this to be quoted?" And they said yes. And then the repercussions were such that <laughs> they asked me to take it out. Really? <laughs> but, uh, well, I'm going to switch this off now because it's interesting for cops to me, but not for you. So there we go. That bit was cut out. Uh, well, yeah. that was fascinating. Oh, honestly, you should have heard it. Good grief, amazing. And who would have thought of the Archbishop of Canterbury? And, I and know. Tony Blair. Who I know. It? Yes. Uh, but no, I, I, I do warn people, uh, I, I try and save them from themselves and say, do you really want to say this? And, and by and large, I say, yeah, okay, that's okay. In fact, it was on the other day, I can't remember who it was. Someone... But it is interesting but, that, um, uh, especially when, when you... Um, quote verbatim, or for example, when you put down a transcription. You mean me or of, when, when, no, one, when one does it? No, no, no. I mean yeah. you, oh, okay, yeah. John. Yeah, yeah. You. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, or when, like, when we we a, a chunk of the Grouchy Club yes. or whatever. Yeah. Um, even uh, not that that I'm one for taking back anything that I say, particularly no matter how stupid it might be, but there is a big difference in um, feel to a, a live conversation and then suddenly seeing it written down and you go actually that sounds a bit bad but when you only when you see it written yeah. down because the other thing is that you can't hear someone's tone of voice when you just transcribe you know you could say yeah well I think they should all be hanged and you can hear oh that's a little bit sarcastic or ironic but then you just go, uh, uh, copstick, I think they should all be hanged. Then the pitchfork brigade uh, come out. But it's, it's a, I think it's a dangerous... I think sometimes pure transcriptions can be dangerous because you take away the oral, or as some people say, oral, because they're wrong, the oral uh, context. Yeah, uh, and yeah, no, you are right. It, it is slightly different, and I tried to get round that. But obviously, I, 
there's one thing we're not going to talk about. We're, no, 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 let's not. Let's no. not talk about that one. But uh, I, I, on any other occasion, uh, do you think it badly misrepresented you? Oh, I mean, I'm not, I mean, I, I suppose I am talking about you, but it's just, uh, of course I'm talking about me. No, I'm no, always talking about me. No, no, I wasn't. What else would I want to talk yeah, about? Yeah. But, um... No, it's interesting, though. But it's, it's sometimes when I read, I mean, I remember the conversation, and then yeah, you read yeah. it and you go... That that sounds a little bit bold, or you know, and of course it is. But when you when you're talking yeah, live, yeah, yeah, you yeah. you can kind of get away with more yeah. because in an ideal world, people see your face, and you know when your eyebrows bounce or whatever, or you're smiling, and you go, mm, she's she's having a bit of a laugh here, even if it is uh, sound only, the inflection. Yeah. You know, is there, yeah, yeah. Uh, as Monty Python said, and of course, inflection. Um, but when you write it down, all of that's taken away, and you just get, I think they should all be hanged. And then the people that know you better, or whatever, they go, oh, well, she was having a laugh. And people that don't know you, or know you and dislike you, go, well, of course she wasn't. She thinks they should all be hanged. Appalling. And also, there She's are... as bad as Andrew Lawrence. <laughs> I, I, I mean, I do think. Who we both like. Who yes, we both yes, like. Yes, yes. Whom, whom, whom we both, whom we both yes, like, yes. Uh, um, uh, and uh, sometimes I'm aware when I'm transcribing things or putting it down that, in fact, uh, there are, when you're talking to someone, there are certain things unsaid and you know what the person means, yeah. although they actually don't say that. Mm -hmm. I, I, I do try to avoid that. The only time I ever change anything is if that happens, and I'll, I'll change it to what they actually did mean, because they may have missed out a word or something. Yes. Uh, that's the only time I actually change Oh, they do that thing with the square brackets, and they do that in newspapers. That's why I sometimes put things in brackets just for that reason. And, and also I'll change things like, sometimes uh, they'll, they'll say Soho, and I'll say London's Soho or something, because, you yes. know, because I'm... because you assume everyone's an idiot. No, I assume that the people reading in, in, in New York who might, for some bizarre reason, if they're reading think it, it was in, their in, in isolation, they might think it's there. So, so I mean, I, sometimes I clarify that or I, I add in, you know, Soho Theatre or something. Mm. I, I went to the Soho and it's... <laughs> so, but that's actually that's a little bit. But I try not to change anything. Uh, mm. And also, of course, I, I record everything just in case anyone decides to sue me. Uh, yeah, do you keep everything? Do you have them all on I, your computer? I didn't use them until I talked to Brewster Sauer. Brewster Sauer, who, how, how do you pronounce it? I've got it? no idea. No idea. Uh, who actually said I should keep well, everything. Well, it's Nassau, isn't it? Is it Nassau or Nassau? Who knows? No, it's Nassau. So well, the it Americans be probably mispronounced Dessau. it anyway. Dessau. Anyway, the esteemed, esteemed critic of the London Evening Standard for comedy. And a marvellous man. And a marvellous man. Uh, and he, he said they, he kept everything, I should keep everything uh, for, for posterity. And uh, so my, my, uh, my heirs will have this, this vast collection of uh, iPhone uh, recordings Crikey. that no one ever wants to listen to again. Well, you never know. Well, well, there is that thing about... Uh, they aren't any use there. If, if there were videos, then uh, it could be, you could sell them to TV in sort of 20 years' time when, before they were famous or something. Mm. Anyway, we're getting off the subject. Um, uh, yes, interviewing is interesting. Uh, but, I mean, I, I, I mostly talk to people I have some sort of link with now, so there mm. is that trust there already. So it's either people I've, I've talked to before or I, I've met them <coughs> before or they have a... What is hideous is when you see who... Was it? Oh, God. I mean, there's been a couple of famous interviews where the interviewee is just hideously monosyllabic and oh, negative. Parkinson, and, 
uh, that is... Oh, Parkinson, who was the woman who had the orgasm at the, the restaurant? Oh, Meg Ryan. And in fact, if you watch that, it's, it's, it's Parkinson's fault, because the man's an idiot. Mm. I recommend if anyone ever hears about Meg Ryan being monosyllabic on Parkinson, they should actually see it, because he, he was just not a very good interviewer on that occasion. Have you ever interviewed somebody you really disliked? No. Well, no, no, because I, I, th- I think if you... I was trying to think. I mean, I'm not, not I'm aware of it. I think we well, wouldn't set up the interview if you really thought they were absolute shits. Uh, because the only reason for interviewing an absolute shit is to show there is shit, and therefore yeah. I wouldn't really want to do that sort of interview. But also, I think uh, everyone's interesting in some way. Well, I've certainly interviewed lots of people I don't agree with, and I've just printed what they, what they, mm. what they say. My, my uh, eternally unnamed friend was always having a go at me for actually printing things under my name in interviews I didn't agree with at all, or, or things that I thought I personally thought were amoral mm. or immoral, uh, and uh, it sounded as though I was accepting what the person said as... Uh, uh, I know, I, I think that's one of, the, I mean, I mean, I think one of the great things about your increasingly prestigious blog is that it, uh, it's got such a, a wide-ranging uh, um, interviewee-ship I, I, I know that's not a word, but... Hello, Christopher. I, I, I do think that uh, taking heroin and using prostitutes all the time is not a good thing. My Presbyterian upbringing rebels against really? this sort of thing. But, uh, uh, you, you, I mean, you but, see, that's a, I'm, I'm, on, a, on a moral... Yes, and I'm, I'm quite happy to... Uh, really? Well, I'm, well I'm, I'm quite happy to but print... it's morally wrong. I'm, I'm quite happy to print... No, 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 not morally wrong. I mean, taking heroin. I'm quite happy to print people's opinions on anything because it's showing their opinions. Yes. And I'm, I'm interested in showing people's opinions and also people's offbeat on the fringe of society opinions. That doesn't mean I necessarily agree with them. So uh, constantly using prostitutes if you have a girlfriend is, is not something I... But on a moral... Morally. If, if you're in a relationship, yes. Okay. Yeah. Uh, it's my Presbyterian upbringing. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I mentioned heroin. I, I, I don't think it's a good idea to take heroin. Uh, uh, but, that's, you know, but not on a moral basis. No, no, no. If, you, if you want to take it, then take it. But, you know, I think it's a bad idea. And therefore, uh, well, I, I thought, I mean, train spotting as a film. Mm. I mean, when I, I thought that's a great advert for taking heroin. <laughs> well, it was um, Irvin Welsh uh, in an interview. Yes. You see? Keeping it on topic, aren't we doing well? Yeah, we're doing well. Um, yeah. uh, Irvin Welsh, in an interview, said, uh, you know, what, <coughs> what kind of gen- general pubic have to understand is that people don't take heroin because they're stupid. People take heroin because it makes you feel better than you've ever felt in your life. And in fact, that's in the film. That's one of the big things yeah. in the film. They say yeah. it's, it's a line by um, Luke Skywalker, isn't it? Uh, but, you know, <laughs> and it's... Um, I... I th- think it is uh, it's the big challenge for people coming off drugs and it's the big mistake that anti-drug campaigns make <coughs> by going oh it's terrible it's not you know when it well, when it's terrible? working for you taking you know class a drugs and everything when it's working for you it's fucking fantastic that's why you do it <coughs> and the, the the huge challenge is that if you're going to stop then you at the time you absolutely feel that you're never going to feel this good again. It's the last time you're going to feel that great. I mean, I'm very, very, very against cocaine. But, uh, Why? Uh, because you don't know what you're doing. I, 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 I'm not a drug taker. I've mm. never taken non-medicinal drugs. 
but I think when you're on heroin, you probably know that you're in a bad state. Yeah. I think if you take cocaine, you think you're flying and you think you're a superman and you actually don't know what's going on, and therefore you're not actually being objective about what's going on, which yeah. is that you're being a prat. Yeah, uh, yeah, no, absolutely. You think you're being fascinating, yes, yeah. and you're just being a boring yeah. cunt. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, th I think it does actually uh, make you think faster, but not necessarily better. No, I... Um... <laughs> there was some, someone who shall be nameless, who was a TV executive, who was interviewed... Uh, the, in the class. <laughs> yeah. And in fact, I used to work with this person, and uh, um, the, the, the girl who sat opposite me used to know whether or not he'd taken coke by the, by the speed in which he entered the office. Well, I, yes. I worked, um, I worked with a well-known, yeah. highly functioning cocaine addict. Probably the same person. And um, <laughs> it was, at the beginning, I was a little naive. I, I hadn't worked with a functioning cocaine addict before. I didn't realise, I, I didn't understand the paranoia, uh, you know, the uncontrollable rages, the highs and lows. And, but eventually, you know, you knew uh, if, if his dealer had been, if he'd taken, if he hadn't. Because I would get, you know, halfway, halfway through the day, I would get a phone call. I'm not going to do an impression because that would give people a clue. Uh, ordering me to fire everybody because they were all useless <laughs> bastards, wasting his money. What the fuck was he doing? Get them out, get them out, get them out. He wanted to see them leaving the building. Uh, and then I had to gamble on him, his dealer arriving kind of before the end of the day, because by about seven o'clock in the evening, I'd be invited up for a glass of wine and let's chat. And, and, uh, but it, it's uh, at that level, it, it's, it's not a nice drug. Yeah, yeah. Great for parties. <laughs> but, uh, there is a moral thing about cocaine, of course, which the trade oh, is I know, so I know. nasty. And so I the just, Colombians aren't very fun. I think... <laughs> Legalise it, fair trade cocaine, well, fair trade drugs, no, all of them. Not, not coke. Uh, yes, all of it. No. Well, I'm, uh, I'm never very clear if heroin is actually addictive, if pure heroin is actually physically addictive. Uh, oh, I think it is. Is it? Uh, I did read, in, I was quite shocked in Rolling Stone once, to read, they, they were claiming it was, if you got absolute pure grade A heroin, it wasn't physically addictive. It might be psychologically addictive, but not physically addictive. Right, and I, th I think, no, well, I don't know. I find even morphine's a bit Moorish. Well, <laughs> <laughs> the thing I don't... We're way off subject. The thing I don't understand about Britain Well, you're interv is, we're interviewing each other. Yeah, the thing I don't understand about Britain is in hospitals, you can get, you can get to heroin, morphine. Yes. You can get cocaine, both really serious drugs. Yes. You can't get marijuana to, to stop your pain. I, I know. Mean, that's insane. I know. It is mental. I mean, I, I know it's a quirk, of, a quirk of history and everything, but, you know, that's ridiculous. I, uh, sadly... Uh, I, it just gives me a terrible headache. I can't what, be uh, doing. Weed. Yeah, I just I can't. The only the only thing I did try, thanks to Paul Provenza, oh. marvelous man, mm. uh, he had some uh, medicinal marijuana. Um, As they call it, pastels, kind of little. What? Yeah, they, in California, they, they and you get pastels, and we melted it down and put it in punch. That was delicious, and then we all went up to the roof of the flat. Uh, he was renting and took selfies of ourselves pretending to fly. <laughs> I mean, admittedly, I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't really want to fly with an airline where the pilot was, was, was on, on anything, but, you know, but, uh, 
Well, they always say you should never fly with an airline where, where the pilot believes in reincarnation, don't they? Absolutely. So it's never a good idea. <laughs> yes. Uh, uh, yes, so carry on. No, 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 Next I question. No, no, I, think I, I was trying to figure out some way to get back to interviewing techniques, um, but I think I've probably failed miserably on that. Uh, yes, so Can I, I just say how nice and kind of fluffy and soft your beard is looking these days? Yeah, it's, it's, it's somewhere between Father Christmas and Jeremy Corbyn, mm. I'm told. It's, it's, it's looking in very good condition. No, 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 no. I, I had a beard for 25 years and then uh, shaved it off for Tibet. No, I didn't, no. I, I shaved it off because I thought, I'm getting no jobs because uh, I look, I'm looking increasingly old uh, with my beard. And therefore, if I shave my beard off, I look a bit younger, get more, get more work. Didn't really work. Uh, so... Uh, so I'm really a beard, beardy person. But, uh, right. I didn't uh, know you with the original beard. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Fascinating. How's mine looking, by the way? Oh, it's excellent, yes. Mm. I love the, go the goatee suit. Yes, I think it it's does. Got, it's got a certain sort of satanic look and with, mm. with Halloween coming up. Well, exactly. Very good, yeah. mm. uh, that and the red eyes. <laughs> uh, but in fact, talking about... Well, we're on to drugs again, aren't we? Well, you, you, you're up to your ears and so much medicinal drugs. <gasps> well, God, yes. That was, oh, that was, like, I've, I've now recovered from last week. How many tablets in the morning? How many tablets in the evening? Well, um, I've just been tested for a whole load more stuff. Uh, I'm reducing the world, we'll be glad to know, my steroids a bit. But I'm at six in the morning, six in the evening, and then handfuls of painkillers in between. But before you went to Kenya last time, you went to a, an acupuncturist, didn't you? And that seemed to have oh. some effect. Was that just temporary? It was, <laughs> it was... Well, it lasted about a month and a bit. And I went a couple of days ago. But what, what, was the rea what, what reaction did you have when you had the acupuncturist? Well, I went because um, I just was in pain all over and I thought mm. it will help if I mm. get uh, a little knowledgeable person to stick their elbows into my back. Yeah. and release some of the knots thereon or therein because yeah. it usually does so I went to this chap we'd opened at the bottom of Askew Road and he basically just kind of rubbed my back and I thought well this isn't very good it's mm. 25 quid down mm. the drain mm. and half an hour of my life that I'm not going to get mm. back mm. Uh, and then he said I'm not going to do the impression he said uh, are you suffering from headaches and I said yes and he said dizziness and I said yes and he said uh, tinnitus and I said yes and he said um, ah he said you're uh, and so I went back for acupuncture, headaches gone, dizziness gone, tinnitus gone, absolutely glorious for about a month and a half, including time spent in Kenya when I was hurtling around a blue arse fly, well, a pink arse fly, it was very hot. Um, and uh, then it kind of started to come back bit by bit. Uh, so I went a couple of days ago and it's, it's hugely, this time, Two acupuncture needles, one in the crown of my head, one on my ankle. And that had the same miraculous effect? So the last time you did it, it was miraculous. Oh, it was miraculous, yeah. yes, it was miraculous. And was it as, as miraculous as Slightly less miraculous, but efficacious. Super fragilistic? No. No, you no, see, no. you ruined that moment yeah, there, Joe. Yeah, I did, yeah. Um, But no, definitely efficacious and uh, just, just wonderful. The, other, the thing that happened this time was... Uh, I've been in such a good mood. Well, I, you I, probably noticed when you walked in. Yes, you were effing and blinding all over the place. But I that's thought, me in a good mood, John. Yeah, 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 I wasn't I, actually I, hitting yes. anyone, was I? Um, this is true. I wasn't breaking anything. No. Well, well that's well, me in a good mood. Well, wind, but, you know, well, not, 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 not properly. Uh, yeah, yes. no, that's me in a good mood. Yeah, so this is wonderful. So, yeah, I know. So you've been turned on to Chinese medicine. I'm, so feeling, I'm feeling positively mellow. Well, I think... Well, now, it seems to me that now every high street in, in Britain seems to have a, a, a Chinese medicine shop ah, popping up. Ah, but some of them are just people who used to work at a takeaway with a bunch of needles. Yeah, yeah. 
but also on television last and night. On television last night or the night before, there was, there was some advert for some little plastic dildo-like contraption, and you just put it on your skin and press it like 15 times, and it gives you a tiny electric shock, uh, and it's supposed to cure pain. And it, I, I thought, oh, it's like a TENS machine. Well, it sounds to me like it's sort of electronic acupuncture or something, because it sounds like they're, they're stimulating certain points. So they're, they're, well, the TENS machines have been... They, you, they usually have pads. What's a TENS machine? T-E-N-S. Yeah. It's a, a electronic neuro... Anyway, but yeah. it's for people who have chronic pain and back yeah. pain. Yeah. And what it, you put it in and it gives you little pulsing electric shocks and, and yeah. it, they block the pain messages. Yeah. That are on, while they're on their way to your brain. Oh. And so basically, that's how you interview people. Yeah, well done. Well, I think I was, people will find that very useful. I and think. Uh, thank you and good night.